0: Hello, this episode features a live podcast recording which took place during this year's New Music Dublin Festival. You'll hear a discussion with composer George Higgs and a performance of his piece Music for Five Silent Poems, along with contributions from New Music Dublin Festival director John Harris and others. Here it is, introduced live by myself, Jonathan Grimes. We hope you enjoy it. You're very, very welcome to this, the second of the Contemporary Music Centre's Amplify live podcast events as part of New Music Dublin 2022. And we're really, really thrilled to be part of this event, which features George Higgs' new work, Music for Five Silent Poems, commissioned for New Music Dublin. This is a unique event, and it's an experiment of sorts, involving you, the audience, in experimenting, in experiencing, I should say, a new piece first as an online performance, more on that shortly, followed by a live performance of that work. After each playthrough, we'll have a discussion on some of the ideas and issues raised through the pieces and their performances with George, uh, New Music Dublin Artistic Director John Harris, and we'll also hear from one of the performers, Jessica Kennedy, who is performing the silent sign language poems. And so it's my absolute pleasure to introduce George Higgs. George. Hello. Hello. So we're going to have a short uh, conversation before we get to hear the, this, uh, these pieces. Um, and George, The full title of the work is Music for Five Silent Poems. Yes, originally
1: it was um, five silent poems set to music, but the National Concert Hall had a word limit, five (laughs) words, so I had to switch the words around. Okay, That's what happened.
0: Um, But the the subtitle of it is Five Multisensory Compositions for Body Language, Piano, Trombone, and Double Bass. Perhaps you could explain what uh, a multi-sensory composition is to begin with.
1: Yeah, um, well, as Jonathan said, nobody reads uh, the liner notes, the program notes, but I say in the program uh, (laughs) that, uh, from my point of view, all music is multi-sensory in that we experience it with our whole bodies. and um, I've been doing work in that area since 2010. So what I try to do in these compositions like this is more to alert people's alert people to that fact, this fact, which I think is always the case. It's just often we we kind of lack awareness of our whole body. I did this thing years ago where I carried a balloon around the house and listened to music for a few hours or maybe most of a morning. And then I, I got a lot of vibrations through my hands, you know, from the balloon. But then I put the balloon down and afterwards, without the balloon, I still had these very acute sensations, these... Um, Mm -hmm. vibrations I felt and I just realized that it's all about your awareness. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just just conscious, um, intellectual, whatever awareness, it's your body has its own you know very mysterious awareness too you know what i mean so mm. i
0: don't think mm. it's just like oh yeah i'm feeling things you need to sensitize yourself i suppose so it's kind of tapping yeah. into the all those sensor sensors that we perhaps maybe ignore or are not to the fore when we're listening to music yeah i think so anyway yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and presumably when you when when you're more aware of the, the, the other sensory uh, points, that changes the, your perception of, of, of the piece, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. You
1: wanted me to elaborate. Yeah, I would. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, sometimes when I'm doing something like this, I'm, I'm composing the music and I'm thinking, why do you go to such length sometimes about myself? Because I have a bit of a... A problem, um, you know, to looking for problems, looking for challenges, I suppose, like Mm. making things, and sometimes I wonder. But I, I think those journeys are really important for me. Anyway, it goes to have some kind of theme, some great, larger than music theme. Again, I say that in the program notes as well. That I guess I try to think of everything as music. So even just preparing the music is a musical process, if you will. You know, so Mm. I like to read into my habits and. again, alert myself to musicality as a... You know, we find it in everything. You walk up the stairs and I, I find myself counting the stairs or, you know, um, looking for patterns and things. It's not just about um, sounds. And so I guess, um, what was your original question? I'm trying to find my
0: way back there. I, but I suppose the... the Skillfully. In, the differences in terms of how you perceive a, a piece of music when you're when you're more aware of the different... Sensory.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think. Parts of it. Yeah. And, uh, well, a big question, too, is like Jessica, who's seated there, she's going to be doing the gestures. Um, so, I suppose if we maybe didn't preface this by saying that she's reciting these poems, you'd interpret the performance very differently. She's like she's mm-hmm. dancing, you know? Yeah. So, what's the difference between dance and, and movement as music? Again, it's mm-hmm. all the way you. Phrase it, I suppose, but that's extremely important. I I don't think it's just like oh well, if you hadn't told me that, it wouldn't. You yeah. know, that's very important how we how we enter in to an experience, how we're introduced to an experience. You know, mm. if we just turn on the radio and hear background music, um, it's one thing. But if you sit down, you know, like as a kid, I used to sit down and look at the record spinning around. You know, that was a very important part of that experience. Yeah. You know? No, so I guess my point is, it's all about how you frame something. Yeah, the name name of something I, th- I think is hugely important. Uh-huh. I think it changes everything mm. in how you experience something.
0: Mm. Um, Talk to me about your interest in international sign language uh, or sign language. Uh, Irish and what, sign language. Yeah, yeah, yeah and where, where that whole where that whole comes uh, that, that comes from, and the and the journey that that's kind sure. Of
1: yeah, well, it's actually on. through the CMC. Um, I was told to make a plug. No, no, it's because I got a phone call from Karen Hennessy in 2010 and she said, "Um, we're trying to encourage composers to apply for a certain award, do you have any ideas? She's very nice of her and I said, you know, I've been trying to find a way to meet deaf people to work with them musically for about three years now, but I've had no luck. And she made like one phone call and hooked me up with the Dublin Deaf Choir and I started working with them and that, that was interesting, but I moved on to work in St. Mary's School for Deaf Girls for three years. Um, I was like composer in residence, that's my title I gave myself. Um, but uh, and that was amazing, like, mm. just to work with the, the young people there. Like irrespective of deafness, there's really it was a vibrant kind of environment, you know, nice place to work. And mm. through working there, they, they funded me, actually, the school funded me to go do classes. Um, And so I did that. And I don't consider myself very good at sign language, by the way. I just think, yeah, I I remember people in the class being much better. But I was interested in the musicality. I was interested in repetition of signs. Um, So that's where that came from. And I just thought, I started to think about putting signs back to back and making visual rhythms, a gestural motif, as I later called it. Um, uh, So my idea of a gestural motif is that you have a, a str- maybe a bar of s- signs that are rhythmic and have a certain pattern, mm. and you can base other musical elements on that motif, melody, um, yeah. everything.
0: So, so it's had. It'd be true to say that it's it's had quite a significant impact on your composing yeah, since that initial.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And then I, I did a PhD in 2015. Um, on the subject, um, music, an approach to music composition for deaf and hearing alike. And it was I did all these kind of studies, sense ensemble studies, I called them, using smoke ring cannons and different um, elements that have different you
0: know, mm. qualities. Of course, the other aspect of this is the medium through which the pieces are experienced. Um, Talk to me about the experimental nature of the performance of these pieces, which you're about to hear, and why it's important for you to investigate this area. So originally, John and I hadn't spoken about multi-sensory anything, we were just talking about
1: um, short pieces of music, and we were talking about our kids being into video and stuff, and I said, what if I composed pieces for Instagram, for, for showing on Instagram, and then maybe we could do them again, or show them to another audience without... You know, as a live version, and, and we could talk about the, the difference between and the experience. And th- that's where this idea came from. So, that was initially the thing, and then I just threw the multi sensory thing in to be difficult. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it made sense with the, the nature of the streaming as well. And by, by the way, actually, just to backtrack, I remember going to the Deaf Village years ago, and a, a woman there telling me, she, she was a hearing woman, she said, deaf people don't like music, and I, I, said, well, I said, that's a shame, because I've been spending the last five years trying to do that, <laughs> and uh, she said, no, well, you see, last week we had a gig here, and we had deaf people from the school, I said, yeah, I know that school, and she said, well, they came in the room, they're trad musicians, and they were playing away, and they didn't get it, so then we, they stopped playing the music, and we got them to touch the instruments, and that was good, she said, mm. but it wasn't music. Mm. But what I thought right there is just to refer back to what you said before is that's because they had no, you have to, you have to, like as a writer or a composer, you have to welcome people into a piece, you know, even as you introduce a piece of music as it begins, you know, you have to welcome them in. And I thought that was really interesting that they just, boom, shoved that in their faces and expected them to get it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially when they've been told, you don't like music maybe Mm -hmm. a million times before. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got lost there.
0: No. No, it's 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 all it's all relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall but we d- d- hear d- yeah, shall we hear the pieces? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So we, we, we cool. have a set of instructions, don't we, to to, to you the yeah. audience. There's a there's a technical element here.
1: Um, and I'm, by the way, I'm pretty bad with Instagram myself, so um, kids are always making fun of me. Um, does who who does not have Instagram? That's okay. It's okay. So, can you find somebody who does out in the hall? Because, like, can can, the first thing people with Instagram can you open it up or whatever? And then, do they have to like? Okay, so
0: so if you like like New Music Dublin or find New Music Dublin, you don't necessarily. Well, it'd be great to follow New Music Dublin, wouldn't it, John? Uh, Don't go out of your way. Yeah, but uh, if you find New Music Dublin, search for New Music Dublin on Instagram, right? And you can you can probably. You can probably do this uh, as, as, you're, as you're leaving the room, just to, to save, save time as well. How, but, we do, how are we doing for time? Ah, uh, we're good. Um, quarter to 15 I, minutes? I leave at half four.
1: OK. Yeah, I'm on the clock.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so am I. Um, but like, <laughs> and then,
1: th- then the idea is you open it up, and um, we go outside.
0: If wow. you could leave your seats, proceed outside, Open up Instagram. Oh, a little technical thing
1: we were talking about, too. It's possible that when you're each listening to it, the phones will get out of sync sonically. Sonically. It's not about the sound. No, but they're going So you might want to wander away from other people, you know, so your sound doesn't conflict with others. Does that make sense? But don't go too far. So we're going to play it again.
0: And, and, and make sure you come back. <laughs> right? That's really important. Okay. George, while we're... Getting set up for this first performance um, for for the benefit for the benefit of the of the podcast recording, which is the, the which is the second part of, of this event, you might say a little bit about the poems and how you wrote them sure um, yeah they 're gestural poems so um,
1: uh, I wrote them I literally took a sign language dictionary and I decided they'd all be alliterative in other words in Spoken language start with the same letter. I just yeah. sort of went through the dictionary and sort of, it was like a cut and paste job. So right. it's mouse moves mountain is one piece. And they're all M's obviously. Yeah. I was in the M section at that point. Um, yeah. And narrow noise at night. Um, yeah, so, and then lose the law of language. That was another one. So it was interesting as I did it um, to sort of wrestle with the fact that these were gestural poems, yeah. but... I was also thinking them as sounds, you know, so mm. that was an ever present kind of challenge, you right.
0: know. So, 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 words that had sort of sounds associated with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I had to think of them as gestures because yeah. they needed to have rhythm. And yeah. Sometimes I'd be quite strict about the
1: rhythm, as I was saying in the program yeah. notes, but, yeah. uh, and other times I just let the kind of sense of the words uh, kind of um, define
0: the song. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think. Are we ready? Sorry? Okay, we're going to close the doors. There's a lot of, lot of chitter chatter outside.
1: We should make sure they're ready,
0: yeah. So it's at this point that the entire audience has left the Kevin Barry room at the National Concert Hall and has assembled outside to view the performance on their phones. Okay, we're about to start, everybody. Everybody ready? If you want to see or experience the piece in the way the audience experienced it live on the day on Instagram, we have a link to this in our show notes. Otherwise, stay tuned for the first performance of George Higgs's Music for Silent Poems with the composer and sampler Jessica Kennedy performing the silent sign language poems, Billy O'Brien on piano, Rosa O'Neill trombone and Brian Kelly double bass. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, so, I guess we can um, let the audience back in?
2: Yeah. Or will we? <laughs> so, it's
0: it over. Um, so, George, I just want to ask you about um, choice of instruments. What was, was that kind of deliberate? Um, trombone, piano, bass, and, and percussion sampler, what what made you choose those? Um, I had to choose instruments. And I was thinking, first of all, what
1: would give me a full sound? Because I wanted to write a certain type of music. I wanted to write something that had a bit of bottom end. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I chose them because I wanted to have a full sound. and uh, But then the trombone was a very, Important choice because I knew it had a, as you were saying earlier in our conversation, a gestural yeah. quality to it, um, and I used a lot of glissand glissandi, yeah,
0: um, because that gives the trombonists a stretch, you know. And also this this, this idea of the, um, you know, spontaneity, like it's a, you know, this it's there's a spontaneousness about, about the oh, music. Yeah. Is that is that sure. something that's kind of important to you or? or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm a kind of spontaneous guy.
1: Kind of guy? Yeah. No, I don't know. What do you mean exactly by spon- spontaneous? Just like kind of the liveliness or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted it to have life anyway, you know. I, I think, yeah, you know, have a little bit of liveliness anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I tried to balance it, the, the fourth piece, for example, that was really important to me. And there was a while that I was thinking of not putting the fourth piece in because I couldn't get my head around it. And, then the musicians, it was challenging. They did a great job in the end. Yeah. But it was challenging enough. But I wanted that kind of serenity of that uh, s- silent poem for. Yeah. So I was trying to find a balance. Right. Um,
0: great. But yeah.
1: They're only a minute long. That was very hard. You know, and there's a famous quote by, I think, Pascal, and he's basically saying, you know, if I had more time, I'd write a shorter novel um, because it's very hard to write something that's short mm. because you spend a lot of time trying to be economical like you know it's funny it was very hard and i got tempted to and even had to make the bpm faster which is the reason uh, sometimes that we, we discuss change in the bpm but it'll be more than a minute it you know? oh, wow, It's supposed right. to all be a minute okay i don't yeah. know why and then i was yeah. like why am i getting hung up on that but i did yeah. uh, anyway
0: anyway um, thank you uh, to uh, to the audience for, for for doing as you were told what was that
1: like <laughs> out, What was that like outside
0: <laughs> do, do we want to get some more responses? Or no, I'm sorry. I... I, just, I should have done that. <laughs> You're, we're we're going to give you an opportunity yeah. to ask questions at the end uh, and also respond to the experience after you hear the second performance in a more conventional se- setting, as in live. Now that everybody's back in the room, we're just going to have a short uh, discussion and maybe dig a little deeper into some of the ideas and indeed questions which these pieces and their performance raise. But I'd like to begin by asking uh, one of the performers, uh, Jessica Kennedy, just a few questions about your role in in the piece as I I move over here, and uh, and your experience of performing the piece. So, Jessica, just for the benefit of future listeners uh, to this podcast recording, you could perhaps begin by describing your role in the piece, what exactly were you doing?
3: I'm interpreting the, the titles of the poem through sign and through movement. So, um, another instrument added to the mix uh, through movement. Mm,
0: mm. And it's a, it's a key key instrument, you know, and, and, it, and I, I really get the sense it was, it's a kind of an equal part of the whole composition
3: yeah um the music came first, and the signs were chosen by George, mm-hmm. uh, so I learned them and then um, interpret them through movement and sort of ex- exaggerated some of them and added to it through mm-hmm. the movement um, but now it really feels like we're all sort of a, we're a band, and um, it, it's sort of about the timing um it, it's It's quite precise, so that's been really interesting to do
0: yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I was privileged to be in on the rehearsals um, from about one o'clock uh, today and I could really feel that, you know, that the sort of coherency, um, you know, as you were saying, you know, feeling more like a, like a band as, as the afternoon went, went, went on. How much um, scope did you have yourself for kind of interpreting uh, the, these poems through, through your movement? I mean, how, how, maybe tell me a little bit about that
3: quite a bit um, from the signs, then um, jo- George and I spoke in rehearsals about where they might go, um, particularly the last song is kind of more free form, and I've set it now, but um, adding my own movement to it. One of the s- songs, the fifth one, was actually complete collaboration between George and myself using a sheet um, with a lot of counterbalancing, but we struck that when we saw the cables this morning. (laughs) (laughs) He chickened out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, We had a lot of rehearsals. but um, So that's been interesting too, just to to work that physically with George Mm -hmm. um, and kind of really around the push and pull. So some of the signs we left out, in Mm -hmm. fact, um, because the other movement superseded them or, d- or almost took over.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you very much, Jessica. Uh, You're I have no spare hands, so maybe somebody could take your mic. <laughs> um, George, just a little bit more about the sign language aspect and, and how some of the sounds are derived from the signs, you know, that the, and how they made their way into their piece. Yeah. I,
1: th- I think each um, poem was quite different. Um, I was saying to you earlier when when the people were going out uh, that uh, I was I was quite um, lazy about writing the poems. I just started in my sign language dictionary and looked at um, M, you know, and that that became poem number five: mouse move mountain, mountain move mouse. Who has their phone on? <laughs> um, Shocking. But so that for that that piece of music, that grew out of the sense of I just had this image of this mouse moving a mountain and like if the mouse could get the mountain moving, it would never stop, Mm. you know? So, and I think, I hope the piece has that sense that it's rolling, because I have three, three in the left hand, four four in the right for the piano. So it's kind of tumbling feeling Mm. of this mountain. Mm. So that was just, I invested the music, or tried to with that sense. Whereas um, poem three is far more literally based on the beat, this And um, so that kind of was the driving sense and I just started fitting the the other Mm -hmm. instruments around that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was more literal.
0: Right. John, if I could turn to you and uh, do we have a microphone? Here, you can use this. Okay. And explore this this idea of presenting music uh, as short form video uh, through platforms such as Instagram, as we've just experienced. TikTok, etc. Why is it important to engage with social media platforms in this way when it comes to new music?
4: <laughs> Do you want a short answer or a long answer? <laughs> a medium one. I'm a, medium, a medium answer. Well, the short answer is, I don't see why not. You know, and it's what everybody uses. So, hey. And, and the, the point of a festival like this is to get everybody engaged with new music. So let's use the resources there are you may not like them, but they're there, so let's use them. The other thing is also that I just think those constraints are really interesting. Like a minute long TikTok video is a really, um, it's a really interesting form to work with It's like, how do you make a coherent piece? That's why the piece is actually a minute long, because that's TikTok length. Actually, Instagram is too long for me. Um, so I originally visited it was done on TikTok. We just had five little things, blah blah, blah 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 like that. I think it's really just, it's very simple. It's like, you just use what you can get, and actually, what's to hand? Social media's the hand, and let's use social media. And let's, use, and let's see what the constraints are that are good, that that puts on you, and mm. what are the constraints of the bad that puts on you? But that's partly what this, this whole thing's about. Mm. And is, is there anything that new
0: music can learn from these platforms, you know, and the content that's being produced? Uh, massively,
4: yeah, because, I mean, you just need to learn how to engage people, right? So, I mean, TikTok is entirely an engagement platform, so it's, it's actually how do you use this to make sure that you get eyeballs on your stuff? So I think the, the, the thing is going to be that classic contemporary music thing of, I don't want my stuff to be changed. Well, you know, the thing is that quite often it doesn't work on social media, so you have to change it, so it works on social media. That's really the, the challenge, mm. I think. Mm. George, when it comes to this
0: idea that you were saying earlier about multi, the multi-sensory uh, experience of music, I mean, do you not lose a lot of this when you move online? Um, or, or perhaps, are there different maybe experiences that an audience um, has when, when, when experiencing a piece of music online?
1: Yeah, but I think you know that's part of today. I, I, I didn't intend for it to necessarily work out there, and I think the question we can ask ourselves is how can it work if it didn't? You know, first of all, Phoebe, who was filming in here, had only seen the piece once, so it, I, I realized it was challenging for her because basically she's like part of the gig because she's performing with her phone, you know. And, that's what I find fascinating about these platforms is it's all about this interpret this interpreter. Who is this person with the phone? You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think we need to uh, um, adapt a piece in every new medium. You know, the medium is the message, as uh, Marshall McLuhan said, and like you have to change it if you're going to make it into a social media thing. So I think that that could be a lesson to learn today. It's like. Um, I think one big problem, I think, about social media and why John and I shied away from TikTok is I had it on my phone for like two minutes. The minute you go into it, it's like, bang. Mm. So they're throwing something at you. So it's very noisy. It's a very noisy world. And so it's hard to have any, to round it with silence, as it yeah. were, you know? And yeah. that's, a big, that's a big challenge, I think. There's so much
0: noise in around those platforms. So, yeah. And you know. just slightly related to that, like, what about the ethical considerations arising from allowing your music on uh, and being disseminated through these platforms? I mean, is it necessarily a good thing? I'm just asking the question, right? I'm not giving it. Well, is there, but is it a good thing to be, to be reliant on, you know, big tech? Do they not have enough control? Well, that was a good thing,
1: too, when we were talking about, you and I, we were, were saying, are we promoting the company do you know what I mean? So we we are feeding into that and just by using it, we're giving them data to harvest or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, I think there are a lot of considerations. That really became clear. It's not just an isolated MP4 or whatever video, you know, that you can give to somebody. It's in this um on this platform this company owns, you know. Yeah, yeah I think there are a lot of things to think about there. Who who you're siding with? It's not just like even when you have to, a record company once the record was bought it was your record you know this yeah. isn't your thing it's somebody else exactly. is controlling it. it's interesting
0: yeah. yeah are we ready for yeah a we're second ready performance? enough talk enough talk okay Hmm? Huh? Thanks, everybody. So I think it's time maybe to get some questions and feedback from the audience. Maybe we have like two two questions or two responses. Um, If anybody wants to say anything about what the experience was for them, experiencing live versus outside, are any other
4: thoughts? Tom. One of the things that was interesting about um, us all watching on Instagram together outside was the way that the the kind of lag and the timings were slightly different for everyone, so that there was this kind of strange, glitchy canon going on kind of through the space. And actually, it would be interesting to think about that also as as a compositional strategy, like obviously Instagram or TikTok being something that you listen to at home, but how would you work with like, a whole audience on Instagram in the same room with all of the lag and all of the the kind of glitchiness that was going on with that. So I thought that was kind of a maybe something that was unexpected but kind of interesting as an, as a collective experience to have.
0: Yeah, I from our experience or as as being a, a, a one of the few audience members in the room for the first time it was performed, I could hear this spill of of, of, uh, of the lag of the, of the, at the end of each, pieces, each of the pieces coming through into the room, which is kind of a strange experience. George, do you have anything to add to that or respond to Tom's point?
1: I don't know the musicians agree. It was, it was funny to play in here with everybody outside. That was the, you know, it's, and then to think we're going to do this again. We were saying earlier, you always do some parts right, some parts wrong. Yeah, so that, that, was, that, that was the odd thing. Um, but look, it was, that was the, the spirit of the, of the exercise, you know, it's just to be an experiment. So yeah. I think it was all fine.
0: Yeah. What about you guys, performers? Did it feel different for you that this... Well, it's an obvious question. Of course, I'm sure it felt different. But, like, what, what are the ways in which, you know, the, the, maybe the first time performing when everybody was outside the room versus versus this time? Does anybody want to... I'm gonna go over here with the mic and uh Jessica for you first.
3: The first time was easier because you don't have faces right in your face. Um <laughs> uh but it's it's so it's a just different energy the second time. It's just much more kind of visceral the second time. Um and I definitely made more mistakes the second time, but it's it's sort of the it's the way it is, you know, because it's a give and take with audience and performer. Um, so it's, it's a relationship and it changes when you're in the room or when you're not.
0: How was it for you? This, this sort of ener- energy? Was, was, it, was, it the, was it the same for, for you the second time around? More energy with the audience in the room?
3: Um, I think, yeah, just kind of a warmer energy. There's kind of a generous energy that you have with an audience that... Uh, You're concentrating on doing it kind of correctly when you're thinking about it being recorded but always there's a kind of a feeling of people being there for you kind of when they're there you know so i love that yeah and i think that's probably a good point that this experiment makes you know that it's kind of there's something that is lacking from like experiencing something on it as a video
0: I think I'm, I'm reminded very much of the, these all these online performances that took place during COVID when imagining the audience or the, the musicians having to perform to just a, a, a tech crew and everybody else online, including the last New Music Dublin Festival. Are there any further questions? We've won maybe time for one more before we wrap up. Um, first of all, just thanks so much to all the artists for uh, embarking on the experiment. Um, uh, my my thought that I was having after seeing it outside and then inside was how a deaf audience member would have engaged on Instagram and might have felt at a loss because the sign was indistinct, and uh, it was quite uh, it was quite interesting then to be in here having I've, I've done a little bit of sign, um, but just how much the expressivity of the that part of the performance was enhanced by being in the room, um, so I suppose I, I commend the artist for really experimenting with it, kind of putting the art into that space of the experiment, because perhaps that might have been an additional challenge to ha- try hold inside of the process. Any final words from you, George?
1: I just wanted to say thanks to the musicians, I thought they played really well, and I didn't notice any mistakes. Jessica it was great. No, seriously. Yes. It's always, uh, it's always interesting to bring musicians as such together with people that aren't always musicians, if you know what I mean. I've tried to think of them all as musicians, obviously. But um, yeah, they're, they're great uh, in, in the rehearsals, you know, Ross especially had especially his hands full, um, and like he could have tripped, and he, has a, he had a cable, it's like an IV feed, uh, he could have tripped over a few times, so uh, we kept him busy. Um, But I also want to thank John Harris and New Music Dublin for uh, commissioning the work and you know it's great that John is interested in taking chances and stuff and um, all the crew and the CMC as well uh, for running the podcast. Just wanted to
0: say thanks very much. It's been our pleasure. So thanks to, as you were saying, thanks to the musicians, sorry, to the performers, I should say, Jessica, Billy, Rasa and Brian. And uh, to John, uh, for your contribution, to the audience for uh, engaging and indulging in this uh, experiment, and of course to you, George, for, uh, for creating these pieces and this, this uh, lovely experience this afternoon. So thank you, everybody.